Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 353 Community Psychology with Professor Mark Harner. I hope you listen and enjoy. In Unit 3, we're going to look at the issues of citizen participation, networking, and collaboration, models of mental health and mental disorder, and uh, beyond deinstitutionalization of people with mental disorders. In community psychology, there's a strong belief that people can and should collaborate to change their community. And so um, this is an area of community psychology that looks to find ways to bring people together. And because, as we said here, capacity building is the idea that uh, a group can do more than one single individual. It may take a single individual to bring the group together, but once they are together, they have a louder voice than just a single person. Networking or collaboration is when you bring all these different social relationships together. And, um, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Just start from that slide. Yes. Okay. <coughs> okay. Um, networking or collaboration is when you bring different groups together to work for a common purpose. Um, it, uh, sometimes it's a better way to have more efficiency, maybe a louder voice or more power by bringing groups together. And um, so when you, an, an example of this is the United Way. You um, may have or be a part of the United Way in your community where it's a uh, collection of groups that work with different issues within a community, such as maybe homelessness or teenage pregnancy or after-school programs or things where um, using one of these programs would be difficult to support themselves financially. But the United Way is an umbrella organization that uh, provides funding for each of these uh, different groups. And so that's a way that um, collaboration networking can work together. Um, sometimes there's advantages of that. I just mentioned the financial part, but sometimes there's disadvantages because even within a collaboration, there are different levels of power, different levels of, um, uh, of um, authority that have uh, access to the resources. So, um, if a network is too strong, they tend to shut out others and uh, from outside the network. So if you, if it's a very tight, strong organization, it may be difficult to get in that organization. And if it's a large organization, sometimes there can be cracks or holes between the different uh, members of the organization. Um, they can have um, sometimes you know, one group is assuming that another group is doing something, and um, and you find out later that there um, was a was a gap in the services. So there are benefits, but there are some disadvantages using networks and collaboration. Consultation is where you provide a professional who assists the organization of communities. They're not necessarily 
leading the community uh, or a member of the community, but they're brought outside to uh, get some advice, get some guidance to that. Um, sometimes having that person who's outside of the community can have more of an object, objective viewpoint on what the issue is. And they may have uh, been a part of a similar uh, operation, another community, and know what works and what doesn't work. Um, community psychologists uh, often work as consultants with um, social systems and uh, institutions rather than working with individuals such as a uh, counseling psychologist or a clinical psychologist. The um, Once you uh, understand that there's an issue that you want to tackle and you have a consultant, you brought your group together, um, you need to get information out and educate the community. So um, often ways this is done by bringing in what we call best practices. What has been done in other communities that's worked and um, we're gonna try it to work in your community. And so that's a, a good place to start. What has been effective at others? Again, as I said earlier, it's no guarantee that it'll always work with every community but if, um, if it needs to have some tweaks made to it or some changes, then but having, uh, that's possible. But having a good starting point with best practices and making sure everyone is aware of what those are is a great place to start. Uh, public policy is, of course, with the political aspects of legislature and, uh, and uh, new laws and things like that. And um, so sometimes we have new regulations that come to uh, place to bring some improvement with the community. Um, the, um, anytime though, when you do have um, uh, politics involved, politics is really the science of power and trying to understand uh, who has an advantage. If someone's trying to have something done, how is that going to be an advantage to them? Um, and so those are things that you have to um, understand about, you know, if we're gonna move our community resources from one uh, area to another, who does that gonna uh, be advantageous to, but also who's gonna be, have a disadvantage because of that? So these are things that need to be um, uh, thought through and um, as you work through community change. The, um, when you're looking at public policy, is there some science involved with it? Is it something that someone just has a feeling that would work well, or maybe it might benefit them personally, but what is the psychology and what does political science and economics say about this change? Um, so there's, um, when you, Anytime you have a policy change within a community, these are very important issues um, you know, that you have to have where you've got formal evidence, not just anecdotes about an individual who had an experience. But um, so you really want to understand um, there's, as you can tell, there's lots of things that go involved to community change, community psychology. And you, have to take the time to think through how is this going to affect all who are involved. Um, now we're gonna to switch to our mental health system. Um, 
we've had different viewpoints of what mental health is. Um, the, um, you know, where there's been viewpoints about uh, someone who is mentally ill is dealing with sin. We've um, sometimes in the Renaissance, there was idea, there came a, a different view where it's that people who were dealing with mental illness uh, was not due to a moral defect, but also should be treated with um, humanity and uh, with uh, care. And so um, many of these institutions that started off we call asylums were able to bring these people who had mental illness together and, uh, but also to have control over them. Um, after a while, uh, different individuals such as Benjamin Rush and Pinnell and Craiglin understood the idea that uh, there was more to it uh, than what we just have thought in the past about mental illness. And so early psychologists started doing work with how to provide treatment and what was the best environment to provide treatment to those who had uh, mental illness. Um, there is um, uh, a leader named Dorothy Dix or Dorothea Dix who uh, treated, said mental illness should be treated uh, by um, uh, moral management to allow people to um, provide them a, a loving, caring place to be. Um, but unfortunately, some of these places, these asylums, these psychiatric hospitals, uh, started to become um, almost like prisons for the mentally ill. And so there was a uh, progression in, in the middle part of the 20th century where um, new psychotropic drugs were developed, were able to provide some relief. Um, there, um, there was use of electroconvulsive therapy, ECT or lobotomy, and there was a driving society to uh, deinstitutionalize and remove these people from these conditions that they were in, and a lot of them were very uh, abhorrent and uh, horrible conditions, and uh, to uh, bring them out in society. Um, but with that, they also did not have the attention that they may have had. So there's always been a debate about, is it better to keep someone in this institution or remove them from the institution? So when we deinstitutionalize someone, um, they're released from the psychiatric hospital back into the community. Um, but um, the, the term that's in favor now is trans-institutionalization, which is more appropriate in understanding that it's a process in how we uh, remove someone from uh, a mental institution to a, uh, the community. It can be a slow process and there's different locations that they can have um, uh, to get back in society. But unfortunately, some of the people who do suffer from mental illness often end back in jails or homeless. Um, so how do you measure whether uh, deinstitutionalization works? Are the people becoming integrated in society? Do they tend, recidivism is, do they go back into the institution? Um, do they have the competence that needs to be 
uh, good citizens to be a part of living in a community? Do they know how to purchase their own groceries and, and live in a, their home or, um, you know, and have a bank accounts and things like that? Um, so these are different areas that, um, as you deinstitutionalize, we have to decide, is this really working for that individual in that community? Um, intensive care management is where um, an individual social worker or what we call a case manager is working very closely with that individual, but they'll have regular interaction with that. Um, teaching practical living skills, teaching, uh, having, um, um, you know, maybe going to their own home and helping them think through how to get through their day. So that's a very focused way of being involved in that. So community psychologists are not the ones who do this. They're the ones who would try to understand, is this the best method to do this? Wraparound programs are comprehensive programs that often are maybe in the same location or same building that um, they, um, they try to provide a variety of different programs or opportunities for those who are mentally ill and, um, and support. And not just for the patient, but for the family as well. Um, it can be, um, uh, there's just a whole host of things such as how do you prepare a meal? How do you, uh, you know, um, child support or, you know, child care, or a variety of things that go on in different locations. And so, um, and it has more to be more of an individual service plan, but instead of having to go to different organizations or different parts of town to find help, having a centrally located, um, place to do this. Um, but now we go to childhood experiences and we understand and your experience in psychology and what studies are so far is that the different systems that a child is raised in can have uh, a big impact on their development. The, um, um, it's um, one of the areas is early childhood intervention programs and probably the one that you've seen the most is head start um, it's uh, could be maybe a multi-year or uh, very intensive you know smaller classes and getting a chance for kids to have uh, interaction um, with others and have the reading and have this uh, understand the, the effects that um, education can provide. So this was a program that really does have some of its roots in community psychology. And um, so it's it's been a, um, a success for ways to help provide a, um, a support and uh, interact early on with students.